Hello, everyone. This is one of my stories, Lindsay Dunn, here talking to Harrison Martin from Flixrog and Anthony Holden, also known as Black Cinephile. We are three out of 72 members of NC Film Critics talking about our group's best of nominations for 2023. How are you guys doing this evening? Thank you so much for being here. Anthony. I'm loving it. Hey, uh, thank, hey, this is Anthony here, Black Cinephile. Uh, I love it. I'm excited to talk about these noms here. Uh, excited to talk with uh, the legendary Lindsay and uh, Harrison. I'm going to just call you Flicks. I'm going to call you Flicks. Flicks. Um, there you go. Harrison, I'm glad you're here too. We haven't, I haven't gotten to talk to you on air in a while. So how are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I haven't seen you since the Color Purple screening. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this. I do feel like, you know, North Carolina film critics we need a little more you know stuff out there we need to work together a little more and I think this is a great stepping stone and hopefully we can make this fun and entertaining for people who you know don't know who we are so yeah yeah this is certainly my first time ever talking about our NC film critics or any group's film nominations on air so this should be fun so our nominations were released today December 21st in the afternoon and we are ready to talk about the results and our hopes for the winners circle which will be announced on January 3rd and Harrison was it was sort of your idea to do this but I sort of had the same idea but thank you for pushing me to get that ball rolling we have a lot to talk about today there were 27 categories of nominees for the group we will only have time to about 10 of those on the air today and we encourage you to view all the nominees at ncfilmcritics.org. That's ncfilmcritics.org or on Twitter at ncfilmcritics. So we're going to kick off with the big one. Best narrative feature. This is the only category that has 10 nominations. Every other category is only going to have five. And I'll just read them off and we'll just get into it. So the 10 nominees for this year for the group are American Fiction, Barbie, Godzilla Minus One, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and The Zone of Interest. So... How do you guys feel about this slate of pictures? Anything on here surprise you or especially please you about the variety? I feel like it's a lot of variety. It's it's a very it's very much a stacked list. I'm very surprised. And you know what? You know, you know, kind of pleased that Godzilla and Zone of Interest made it, you know, because, you know, they're they're the typical ones that, you know, that kind of were front runners. Of course, poor things, you know, for good reason. Uh, Oppenheimer, Killers, and uh, e- even Barbie kind of in the holdovers. But um, love to see American fiction there. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I know it's all alphabetical, but I love that American fiction is even first in the alphabetical mm-hmm. order because I love that movie. But uh, we got a pretty, it is a stacked diverse list. I mean, this is this is diverse. I, I like the diversity here. Mm-hmm. Harrison, what do you think? I think it's a fine list for best picture. Out of all of these movies, I still haven't seen the holdovers or the zone of interest we will see if i can fit those in at some point um i don't know why poor things is on this list because i i I really did not like that movie i don't know what's up with all the 
critics who are enjoying it. But uh, in terms of some favorites, Godzilla Minus One, great movie, foreign film, really enjoyed that. American Fiction, uh, watched that with my wife. We laughed so many times. Oppenheimer's probably going to win. That's like the favorite, but I'm a sucker for past lives. That that movie is mm-hmm. near and dear to my heart. Nora should have gotten that Uber. I know how wrong that sounds, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, those are my thoughts. It is, it is diverse. Great. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse animated film on the list. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love the fact that it's we have like the kaiju movie, we have an animated picture, we have a foreign language feature. So it's not just oh, yeah. blockbusters. So that that was nice to see. For me, um, I guess I do agree that probably Oppenheimer will take it, but Past Lives is another dear dear one to my heart. So I would be happy with that one winning as well as Godzilla Minus One. That would be fun if that was the winner. I loved that one so much more than I expected. Um, so I thought that I thought this was a great list, and me too. Yeah, Anthony, what you didn't say which ones you kind of hoped won. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, well, personally, I'm pulling for American Fiction, but mm-hmm. I feel like Oppenheimer is a pretty popular one, so American Fiction might be a runner up. Um, or Poor Things. I I really thought Poor Things was like you know very dazzlingly made, but I understand like you know like 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 Harrison said, it's not for everybody. Um, Godzilla minus one definitely surprised me. Uh, it surprised me how much I liked it. The holdovers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I like that movie. I don't know if I call it best narrative, but I, I thought it was fine. That's the only one here that I, I'm a little kind of slack face on Barbie. Fine. You know, Barbie was actually pretty well made. Even if you didn't like it, there, there's a lot of dazzling effects to that movie. So I get that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next category director i think it's kind of fun fun when you're thinking about how you're going to award narrative and director like how do you separate these categories so the Mm. nominees for our group were celine song from past lives christopher nolan for oppenheimer greta gerwig for barbie Mm. martin scorsese for killers of the flower moon and yorgos lanthimos for poor so all of these were you know all of these obviously were in the best narrative so sometimes it's like how do you separate the director from the film or how do you as a film critic how do you two i guess think about director like what do you think makes someone a good director that's worth giving them an award so if i'm just like the way i separate in my mind um I look at like, you know, how, how was the movie, uh, so, so how was the movie not paced, but how was it, uh, taken control of, so to speak? How was the vision presented to me? Because when I'm looking at something like Zone of Interest, right, I may look at that as great directing, maybe not best picture, but I love the way Glacier or Glatzer uh, directed that film. You know what I mean? So that's in my mind goes, okay, best director, because I like the way Glatzer took control of that um concept and presented it um past lives i may look at past lives like you know okay great acting solid story but direction i think the direction is just fine in my eyes you know y'all y'all might have saw something in it that i didn't but um of course you know there's the obvious thing when you're looking at oppenheimer you know nolan taking on this big epic behind the man who brought us the 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 atomic bomb you know barbie gerwig taking on a um a, a feminist take on a uh you know, <laughs> on a doll. And, you know, of course, Scorsese, you know, taking on this epic tragedy, Lanthimos, 
kind of looking at uh, bringing us a wild, horny movie about the human condition. All of this stuff right here kind of like connects to like these directors and how they take on these wild visions. Did, did, mm-hmm. that, did that answer your question on how I look at it? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I really, I'm interested in, in your kind of personal pick, but no, I think I think that I enjoy how you explain it, I guess. Um, I guess I just want to say like, for instance, I look at something like Killers of the Flower Moon, like how much, I think you're right. It's about the vision and how did they cast the vision and like Killers of the Flower Moon is something that stands out because they had to put together the costumes and um, make sure that they were the correct ones for this tribe and just all of that. So that one stands out to me as a strong contender just because of the vision it took to put that, you know, Nolan the same. Barbie, you really had to sort of create a whole world from scratch, even though we have Barbie and the stuff. Like, how do you make that into sets in the movie that you can walk around Mm -hmm. in? So these are all three that I think are strong. What about you, Harrison? Uh, You know, normally you don't have somebody win Best Director without winning best picture so all of these except for poor things are great choices uh you know barbie was different oppenheimer was amazing past lives nor should have gotten that uber and because of the flower moon was very informative um i again think chris vandola is going to take with oppenheimer because he's going to also take you know best narrative but i would really love for celine song to take it home it was just an amazing and heartfelt story um yeah mm-hmm. i i say the same thing except replace selena song and with, with with what i'm saying and put lanthimos there uh i really would want your ghost to take it but i think it's it's nolan's to lose so to speak okay let's move on to best actor we have again a pretty stacked category um andrew scott for all of us strangers killian murphy for oppenheimer coleman domingo for rustin Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction and Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Were these the ones mm. you guys expected to see on the list? Not at all. Well, not uh, all of them. Not not really. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, uh, nah, I'm, I'm going to be real. Uh, you, you, you go first, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, we don't just for now, Anthony and I were both pretty active on that Slack channel. We really didn't see much of you, Harrison, but um, you could kind I of see. I keep forgetting this there. Yeah, you could kind of see which way the wind was blowing. Obviously, Killian Murphy, we knew he was going to be on here. I love that Jeffrey Wright got a nom. Um, Andrew Scott, our group just as a whole, seemed to really love and adore that movie. So that doesn't surprise me. And Coleman Domingo is a great pick as well, even though for me personally, I liked his role as Mr. in the color purple better but uh, between these, but that would be a supporting actor. Mm. Um, but, Interesting. you know, yeah. What do you guys think? I got to say, um, now listen, Killian, sure. Domingo, awesome. Jeffrey Wright, awesome. I'm surprised to see Andrew and, and Paul here. Like, because again, and, and this might just be a me thing. Um, you know, I liked Andrew Scott and all of us strangers, but again, that was a movie that I thought was, you know, cool. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was cool. I guess I got to rewatch it, but I didn't really take Andrew Scott for like, you know, compared to like the list of um, people that we were talking about and stuff as like a front runner for, for, for best actor or even like a, like a runner, so to speak. Paul Giamatti, again, you know, the holder was to me was a film that, you know, I liked, but I didn't think Giamatti was like best actor. I thought he was just great in the role, but uh, I'm really, really pulling for uh, personally Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright is who I want to see get it. Um, I don't think this is as an easy one with putting this towards Oppenheimer though, because I feel like Wright can really, really compete with uh Murphy when you compare those two. And and Domingo is a pretty much a favorite of mine too. But that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Harrison, what about you of this list? 
Full disclosure, I have not seen all of us strangers or the holdovers yet. I uh, fell asleep before I could start the holdovers. So that is definitely on my list. Uh, Killian Murphy, I definitely see him taking it. My personal favorite, Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Really loved that role in that movie. Coleman Domingo, great in Rustin, great in uh, The Color Purple. Like, I'm very happy with the ones I've seen who made it to this list. I'm very surprised that, um, now correct me, I'm not sure if I pronounced his name correctly. Is it T-O-U from Past Lives or is it Tu Yeo? How do you? Um, uh, I don't know, but I don't really, yeah, I guess I don't really want to talk about ones that didn't make the list. I'd rather just focus on like what did make the list and. Yeah, but I just want to throw it in there. I would have loved to have seen him on this list just quickly. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure in every category, there's some we would all have liked to see that didn't make it. But this is who our group picked. So um, we owe it to them to, oh, not just them, but the people on this list to like, you know, we can debate about which ones we like the best. Um, moving on to, I don't know if I said which one. I think I did. No, I did. <laughs> All right. Moving on to best actress. We have Emma Stone for Poor Things, Greta Lee for Past Lives, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Sandra Wooler for Anatomy of a Fall. Thoughts? Um. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think Emma all the way. That was just a... Uh excellent performance to me i don't think a lot of actresses could pull that off mm-hmm. uh so uh, emma's definitely a front runner um definitely a runner-up is lily gladstone i feel like she was amazing in killers mm-hmm. of the flower moon held her own against leo de niro and basically that whole cast again i'm i'm not a past lives guy like that but i i thought greta was i thought greta was fine uh margot robbie was a great barbie okay so Okay, so Sandra in Anatomy of a Fall, right? And Lindsay, I'm going to kind of go with what you said when you compared Coleman in Color Purple to Coleman in Rustin. I like Sandra better in Zone of Interest than I liked her in Anatomy of a Fall. But that's not to discredit her performance in Anatomy of a Fall. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, when I look at that in the grand scheme of things for Best Actress, she, and she, she's great in the role, but... Uh, it wasn't really what I was looking for with Best Actress, though. Like, I don't think it was, like, what I was kind of gunning for. But I got to say, Emma and Lily are kind of, like, my top favorites there. Mm-hmm. Harrison? Well, as I said earlier, I have not seen Anatomy of a Fall, so I can't say anything about Sandra Fuller. Emma Stone? Mm, I really didn't care for that movie or that performance. In terms of my favorites, Scredily past lives. I really like for her to win it. Really enjoyed that performance. It was just so heartfelt, that movie. Second place, and it's a really close second place, Lily Gladstone with Killers of the Flower Moon. Thought it was a great performance. You know, it's not like she does a lot. It's just kind of powerful in its silence. And then it's um, just, uh, how do I describe it? Just the, the amount of emotion that she puts through and like the scenes that she has, I think is powerful. And I'm not sure if we've had any like Native American win any major awards in any critics groups let alone you know moving toward the big goal is to win an oscar Mm -hmm. so i would definitely love to see either lee or gladstone take it margot robbie is fine Uh, her being on this list is (laughs) neither here nor there so so this is fine yeah me personally even though yeah I'm, i'm not all about poor things like some people are some people like really love this movie i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would yours truly because i was just like oh this is gonna just be weird some weird sex movie i know that's what your goes anthemus does it is and, just yeah, a weird there sex was, movie. you're not you're not wrong 
You don't have all. It's just but, a well-made weird sex movie. But it was a lot more thoughtful than I than I expected. I haven't seen The Lobster, I have to say. So, um, gotcha. but so I, but yeah, I thought she did her role, her performance was pretty outstanding. Um, yeah, Lily Gladstone is probably the my choice, the one my heart would like to see awarded, just because I think she did. You know, she's a did such an excellent job. She was the strongest part of that movie. Though t- when she left the screen, it was you really missed her and wanted her to come back so bad. And it did. It was so powerful. Just the things she did with her facial expressions and her body language. She didn't have all these lines, but just she was a presence in the movie that really overshadowed everything. Um, Sandra Huller. I'll tell you. Um, well, I'll I'll give you. Let me just finish this, and then and then you can you can chime in here. No, no, go ahead. Them. But yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy her performance really in either movie. I found her I found her as a person really annoying. I didn't like her character at all. I guess I was I was like more on the husband side. <laughs> but um So she did her job. <laughs> yeah. Um she was definitely um what you would what are at my workplace we would call for me an unlikable heroine. Um not just unreliable but unlikable both. And but I know like I asked Joe George, one of our fellow critics, you know, he said he liked her so much and I said what did you like about her? And he gave a pretty long answer to that question. So again, speaking as a oh, representative yeah. of our NC film critics, I think there there are a lot of things people enjoy about her role. So what were you going to say, Anthony? Well, I was going to say with Lily Gladstone to kind of piggyback off what you said when she was left, she was missed. Um, I remember when, you know, uh, some people were showing that she was doing like a film production kind of like tutorial thing back in the day. And uh, even within you like you you could see kind of like her her charm there even when she's giving like tutorials on film production i forgot what it was for i don't know if it was for pbs or not but what i'm trying to say is she has a radiance about her um on screen whether it's tutorials or or acting so i i, I definitely agree with what you're saying there mm-hmm. all right let's pivot on the supporting actor we have charles melton from may december mark ruffalo for poor things robert de niro for killers of the flower moon Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer and Ryan Gosling for Barbie. Okay, so I, I guess I'll go first here. I ain't mad at this list. I, I ain't mad at it. Um, mm-hmm. Ruffalo is who I'm gunning for. RDJ is a co- close runner up because I loved him in Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosling, cool. You know, he he had great Ken energy or Kennergy. <laughs> uh, Charles Melton, I ain't mad at Charles being here. Um, mm. I, I, I like him here. I, I ain't mad at him being here. Now, De Niro. Now, I, I love me some De Niro, but I'm kind of surprised with him here because I feel like his role in Killers, it, it was big. But compared to like, you know, Leo and Lily's kind of narrative, it was it, it was, you know, wasn't as wasn't as big. So I guess that is supporting actor. But I'm kind of kind of surprised to see De Niro here, to be real. I don't think that was one of his like best, best roles. But, you know, I'm, I'm really gunning for uh for Ruffalo and RDJ here. Mm-hmm. Harrison? This list really should only have one name on it. And that's uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Uh, for uh, Oppenheimer, it, it was the best supporting performance uh, by a male actor this year, and he deserves to win way over everybody else. When you consider his story and you know him coming back, uh, being Iron Man, and you know smaller films not really taking off for him, but finally he has one. It's, it's his to lose. Mm-hmm. 
I agree, well, you know, Robert. You know, Charles came from. Go ahead, Lizzie. I was oh, about I was to make gonna a say joke. Robert Downey is my primary pick as well. I did really stand up for Charles Melton. I thought he did a wonderful job. So he's a sort of an for me, he's an underdog that I wouldn't be upset if he sure. if he won because I just I was really blown away by his performance. It came out of nowhere. You're expecting to see Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman, and you're expecting them to just dominate the screen. But he just kind of came out of nowhere playing this quiet, repressed husband and just his emotional, uh, the emotional payoff of seeing him kind of get to acknowledge how he's been treated or, you know, the lot he's been given in life and how it maybe wasn't the best for him after all. Just thought it was all very emotionally resonant. Mark Ruffalo was hilarious and poor things like his pouty <laughs> demeanor was great. Um, so, yeah, Robert De Niro, I felt it's almost like one of those things where it's like he was almost playing himself. <laughs> like, I don't know. We've seen him so. play this kind of character. <laughs> A lot, so many times that yeah, I just I don't yeah, think I he mean, needs another award, but yeah, it it wasn't the best in Nero performance, but it was good. It was very mm -hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, it's a little campy. Yeah, sure, sure, I'll go with that. All right, well, let's move on to supporting <laughs> actress. This is a pretty fun category. We've got America Ferrera for Barbie. Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, and Julianne Moore for Me December. So Harrison, why don't you start this time? Mm. Well, I, like I said before, have not seen The Holdovers. I actually didn't mention it. I have not uh, seen May December. It is on my list. Um, but this America Ferreira, um, Danielle Brooks, Emily Blunt, it it could it could really go to any of those uh ladies. America Ferrer is probably at the bottom of the list. It's not her fault. It's just I don't really feel like she turned in, you know, a great performance in Barbie. She had that one speech at the end that ran a little too long for my liking. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah. but you know, Emily Blunt is fine. Uh and Danielle Brooks, I really enjoyed her in the color profile. I've heard great things about Divine Joy Randolph in the holdover. She's really having a great uh year, like mm -hmm. for her, and I hope it keeps up. So, you know. We'll see what happens. For sure. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go here. Uh, Daniel Brooks, all the way. Uh, I loved her in The Color Purple. And I give a close, close second to Julianne Moore in May, December. I, I wouldn't be mad if either of them won. Because uh, I really love Julianne Moore in May, December. I felt like she was terrific in that role. But uh, top runner is Daniel Brooks. Um, Emily Blunt, I mean, fine. You know what I'm saying? That whole acting ensemble was great. But, you know, she didn't really blow me away in Oppenheimer. Uh, Divine Joy was good in the holdovers, but again, I, I think that movie's just overall is just good. Mm -hmm. um, America Ferreira, yeah, I mean, without that monologue, I don't I don't really see her as supporting actress here. Just my personal thoughts, but yeah, Daniel Brooks all the way for me. Yeah, Daniel Brooks for me is also the top person. All second, very close second would be Divine Joy Rand Randolph. I think it's kind of fun that we all see that see this a little bit differently but um emily blunt i think people were just excited that a female got like more than two lines in a christopher nolan movie <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah julianne moore's a, a talented actress i didn't think much of america ferrera's role in barbie so yeah gunning for danielle brooks for sure Alrighty. she was she was a force of nature in that movie okay let's move on to original screenplay uh storytelling which one crafted the best story we have for original we have anatomy of a fall barbie the holdovers may december or past lives i'm guessing oh. gonna guess what harrison wants past lives 
Harrison, what do you do? You'd be right. You'd be right. I don't even have to really jump on. It's past lives. It's a better screenplay than Barbie. Haven't seen the holdovers. Haven't seen Made December or Anatomy of a Fall. So yeah, automatically past lives wins for me. What about you, uh, Anthony? Well, um, I got such a love for screenwriting. I I even do it in my part time here. Uh, all of these right here. So even though, so here's my thing. Anatomy of of a Fall has a great simple premise, and I love the writing of it. I love the writing of the court scenes and everything like that. You know, the fighting. Mm -hmm. I loved it from a writing standpoint. I love that movie. Barbie. When you read the actual screenplay for Barbie, it's hilarious. Now on screen, you know, some stuff don't translate as well, but it's a hilarious script. Uh, Holdovers. I mean, I ain't. I wouldn't even put it in this category. But May, December has has a good script. Past Lives is cool. So if I'm really looking for best screenplay here, I'm I'm really stuck between Anatomy and Barbie. Because Barbie is so funny on paper. And Anatomy, when you're looking at the crafting of that story, is so inventive. So I'm I'm really stuck between Anatomy and Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I need... One of the things I, I'm going to do in this time is I'm going to rewatch Past Lives because it, it's been such a long time since I've seen that. I remember loving that movie. It was It is like vying for the number one or two spot in my best of the year. So um, I wouldn't be... Obviously, I love the story. Anatomy of a Fall has a lot of plates to juggle and just the way it does it with the courtroom scenes like you said Anthony and even just that beginning scene was so intriguing I mean writing isn't Mm -hmm. just about the lines it's about everything the fact that the kid goes on the walk with the dog and there's the fight with the parents and the music the song being played over and over again pimp song um the way that just (laughs) that story was put together i thought was was pretty grand so the holdovers has does have a special place in my heart just because it for me it's like a dead poet society and i love that i love that movie so i thought it was just full of surprises for me like the way the, the direction that story took with you know the parties and the the classroom again the the person they took us through a journey um not just not just an emotional journey but an actual physical journey <laughs> to these different spots and um i i love that movie so but if i have to look at the screenplay itself i would probably be most likely to lean towards anatomy of a fall even though it's not my favorite movie mm. but from a writing standpoint i feel like that's the strongest yeah yeah like i said like you know barbie it, i probably won't watch that movie again but i mm-hmm. love that screenplay i i think it's very funny so i i agree with you in in, in the same respect but i am going to rewatch past lives because i feel like i need to revisit that again okay adapted screenplay all of us strangers american fiction killers of the flower moon Oppenheimer and Poor Things. I'll go first this time, just to mix it up a little bit. Um, I think that I appreciate since I'm a librarian, I do <laughs> I do look at books a lot. <clears throat> um, Killers of the Flower Moon, I appreciate how they had to adapt it for the screen and the changes they made very intentionally about which part of the story they were going to focus on, that it wasn't going to be the investigation by the FBI, that they were going to bring in this um, component of the indigenous story and the you know, the story of Ernest and Molly. So that, mm-hmm. that took a lot of work to to take that book and, and adapt it. So I, I want to acknowledge that. As well as Oppenheimer being a, you know, a biography and it was, so it was a biography that they turned in again into a narrative feature that uh, I went to see three times in the theater. (laughs) 
So um, everybody loves Oppenheimer. That's not a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think of these, of these, of the, the, those are my, probably my picks for the adaptation of the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, Harrison, do you want to go or you want me to go? Best adapted screenplay for me. I think once again, get poor things off the list. Oppenheimer. That, that was just fantastic adapted from American Prometheus. I and I, I'm currently rewatching that movie with my wife. It is just so well done. That that is just a fantastic, you know, novel to screen adaptation. How like how do you make the building of the atomic bomb sexy? So yeah, I think that definitely should take it. But American fiction, the whole meta nature of that book and how the movie adapts it, I think they do a great job. Um, Kills of the Flower Moon. That's actually another good one as well. I mean, earlier in the year, I would have probably given it to that or Oppenheimer, but the, the, those three are the uh, you know the top for me. Mm-hmm. This, this category you, is so hard to me mm-hmm. because, like, each of the way that these films adapt uh, their source materials, inventive. Like when you look at all of us strangers, you know, um, Andrew Hay uh, basing the story off the the novel Strangers, you know, um, which is a uh, kind of like a I believe it's kind of like a, uh, uh, well, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same story, but it, it and then kind of taking that and then making that, uh, combining that with a queer romance as well. Like the way he he adapted that story was very inventive as a screenwriter. I, I love that. American Fiction, the way, you know, that uh, film adapted his source material was very inventive. I like the way Cord Jefferson did that. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, like you said, it took a complex story and made it into a cohesive, you know, three hour plus movie. Oppenheimer, same thing as Harrison said, except how do you make the, 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 the person who created the atomic bomb, how do you make that a non-boring story, right? That, that would be my question instead of how do you make it sexy and like, you know, Nolan managed to make it entertaining. Four things. Here's the only, here's the only, here's the only time I'll agree with Harrison in regards to that movie. Uh, it kind of does go, it goes on for a bit in its third act. So that's the only reason why I would kind of put it low on the list for this category. But this is so hard. Um, yeah, this is a hard one. I uh, I would probably be, this is hard. I would probably be stuck between Oppenheimer, Fiction, and Strangers. No, Oppenheimer, Strangers, and Fiction in that, er- in that order. Mm-hmm. Now, what is Poor Things based on? A book. Book. Well, I, I had heard it's, that it was also based on like Bride of Frankenstein. So I was like, wait, are we saying it's an adaptation of Bride of Frankenstein or is there an actual book? So I'm glad very it's loosely, an actual book. Yeah, it's a book. It's, the Frankenstein connections are very minimal. Um, I'm glad you guys <laughs> both spoke up for American fiction because I know less about that, but but you're right. I love the the way that story was put together and even the ending being as creative as it was. Okay, moving on to a personal favorite of mine, and I think uh, I think Anthony too. Score. Let's talk about the music score. So some fun ones mm-hmm. in this category. Well, actually, most of them have already been named at least once, but. The nominees for the score are The Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So what are your guys' mm. thoughts about these nominees? Um, I, I can go first here. You know, <laughs> it almost saddens me. I, I love me some Nine Inch Nails scores, <laughs> but the Killer score just didn't grab me. Uh, it just didn't grab me. But um, I love Ludwig's score for Oppenheimer. It was just straight bangers stroke the whole way through um 
Poor Things has a great whimsical tone that matches its wild, bizarre movie. So I, I put that as a close second to Oppenheimer. Killer score didn't really wasn't really that memorable to me. Neither was Spider Verse, to be honest. So I'm I'm, I'm more on here for uh, Oppenheimer and Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Harrison. Uh, best score for me is definitely going to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Just listened to it again the other day. It's amazing. I don't know what you mean by that. It's not memorable. That, that movie and that entire movie is memorable. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, uh, I listen, I started listening. The killer score is better than I thought it was. So th- the thing about me and scores is I like to, f- I like to hear the music. I like to be able to, um, I like that to know that to know the score exists and sometimes there are scores that kind of blend into the background so because so for instance i couldn't have told you what killers of the flower moon score even sounds like i remember there were a few (laughs) i remember there were a few parts in the movie that they kind of do this menacing just like either it's a brong or a note or something on there and i remember that happening over and over again um but i was Mm -hmm. listening to the score this evening when i was doing dishes for a little bit and it's kind of got a western feel to it so just not my cup of tea Mm. you know just sort of this is the kind of score that sort of blends into the background um not how my boy ludwig goes he goes big and you hear his music for sure so oh yeah i love the oppenheimer score and i'm also just i wanted him to win for tenant so bad so I'm, i'm happy there's another opportunity um for him to possibly win Poor things had, oh, like yeah. you said, a whimsical score that was definitely notable, and I was very conscious of it as it was going on. I again, I need to listen to. Haven't got a, a chance to. Um, I'm in the middle of rewatching Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, so um, maybe I'll be able to finesse out the score a little more. But for me, I think it's going to be Oppenheimer all the way. And mm. I am back, by the way. He did wake up. Is sent my wife in there but yes uh like i said i'm rewatching oppenheimer that is a fantastic score by ludwig the mm-hmm. just i that's one of those scores you kind of like put on in the background mm-hmm. while you're just doing stuff around the house and i, I do think it's great so if it's not going to go to spider-verse probably oppenheimer mm-hmm. all right well we've we've gotten through all of our main categories so now we have get a little bit of dessert so what are you guys feeling right now breakthrough north carolina connection or our lifetime achievement for makeup so we're the north carolina film critics we just might as well skip right ahead to you know the north carolina connection uh and yeah fantasia barino you know well let me let me, let me name the people <laughs> let me name the people first so this is the ken hanky more um tar heel oh. award um the Nominees are Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple, Hunter Schaefer for The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Julianne Moore for May, December, May the Lord Watch, Little Brother Story, and Silver Dollar Road. Go ahead, Harrison. Like I was saying, Fantasia Barino, local legend, you know, one American idol. I remember watching her from the beginning all the way to the end. Uh, Fantastic singer, amazing, beautiful voice. And she was great as Celie, you know, taking on that role from Whoopi Goldberg in the original. I think she was really good in uh, The Color Purple. And I uh, think that she is the, you know, the best performer in this list. Uh, Hunter Schaefer, her... uh, We got movies in this list too, man. (laughs) Hunter Schaefer, her uh, role in The Hunger Games was minimal as a tigress. Uh, Snow. It's mm-hmm. Snow, right? That's her last name? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Snow always lands on top or whatever. Yeah, her, her <laughs> role was minimal. Uh, I, 
I don't think that it was it was that big of a deal. And she kind of just made. I mean, how many people I, in Hollywood are from North Carolina? You got you got to figure out who it is. So, uh, yeah, but. Fantasia Barino all the way. All right, Anthony? Uh, Fantasia Barino is a great choice. Uh, on here, uh, Hunter Schaefer. I mean, if this was back in the heyday of Euphoria, I'd understand putting her on this here. Uh, for Hunger Games, not so much. Uh, Julianne Moore from May, December. Eh, not for that movie, for, for maybe for another film. But um, listen, I'm, I'm really strongly, in the beginning of all this, I, I was Silver Dollar Road uh, all the way. But I'm I'm strongly leaning towards May the Lord Watch. I mean, Little Brother is a, a staple in North Carolina. You know what I mean? Just as much as Fantasia. Um, and you know, seeing the rise of their 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 uh their their pair of a group with uh, Knife Wonder. Man, I really would think Silver Dollar Road is the important choice. I would say the important one. But I'm I'm really leaning towards May the Lord Watch here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Fantasia would be a great choice. May the Lord Watch, Little Brother story. I still need to watch that one. I sort of queued it up yesterday. Didn't get to watch much, but I did love that the very first scene is Durham, North Carolina. That's where I live, y'all. So. I'm excited to watch that one, and I know it's gotten a lot of love in the group. So I think I think probably the front runners to win are going to be Fantasia and or Fantasia or May the Lord Watch. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard great things, so I'm looking forward to watching that. Silver Dollar Road is definitely an important documentary, and I hope that a lot of people watch it. I'm not sure that it's. It's an important movie. I'm not sure how how widely the appeal will be. Um, maybe, um, but the, uh, so a great documentary. I think it has potential into the story. Yeah, yeah, it okay. has potential to have. Like it's it's a it's a intriguing story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely I was involved when I watched it. Okay, we have time for breakthrough. Um, we have Abby Ryder Fortson for Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Charles Melton for May, December. Dominic Sessa for The Holdovers. Greta Lee for Past Lives. Or Milo Machado Grainer for Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, man. All right, Anthony, Harrison, go because go. I know you have. Go ahead, Anthony. I know you were passionate oh. about this category. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Um, now, I got to say, uh, it's me, Margaret. I didn't see that yet. Still got to watch that. Uh, so I, I, I can't speak on abby just yet um yeah i out of this list right here i'm strongly for milo in anatomy of a fall i mean that young man mm-hmm. uh he he was the he was the one that pulled me the most when it came to that film i love i love the story of it of course as we as we spoke about earlier but he he really pulled me the most out of all the performers um charles melton yeah, yeah, I say Charles and Dominic. I put it second because Dominic, even though I thought the holdovers was fine, I thought he was a nice. Actually, I put Charles as Charles is the uh, runner up to me. So I got Milo and then Charles is the runner up. Uh, Greta, and yeah, I, I don't know about breakthrough, but yeah, I got I got Milo and Charles here for me. Yeah, Harrison. I've only seen one movie on this list, and you <laughs> already know what it is, and you know who should get it. Greta Lee, <laughs> past lives, baby. Uh, just uh, such an amazing movie. Amazing performances. Yeah. Jump on the train. Anybody <laughs> listening to this right now, go buy, rent, whatever you got to do. Find that movie, watch it, and then call your ex and tell them you want them back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's not go there. This is not a dating show. <laughs> um, yeah. Abby Ryder Fortson, she was a, a great 
addition to the film world. I thought she I thought she did nice. For me, it is all about Milo. Same same as Anthony. He he was amazing, and I immediately thought of him being. I don't know. I wouldn't have even minded him being nominated for best supporting actor. You know, like I thought he was that good. Mm. So um, Dominic and Charles were both great. Uh, Greta Lee again. I have a question about her being on this on the list just because I thought she was already she's been already in stuff before but I don't know like Anthony we had that little I, I sort know. of off air discussion about what makes something a breakthrough and right. um, for me it's either it's their first role and they really nailed it or they've been kind of doing one thing and then they kind of pivoted you could even say I mean obviously Robert Downey I mean he's Iron Man he's like one of the most famous actors <laughs> in the world but oui. for him to do this for him to do this role in Oppenheimer's almost could almost be called a breakthrough just because it's, it's such a different role um but he's been I would a, agree with you Yeah well I was going to say I would agree with you if he hadn't already done dramatic stuff before Marvel That's true that's true um but like with Charles yeah. Melton all he did Riverdale and it's like well, yeah, he was in that role, but it was mm-hmm. kind of like a teen drama where he's a dumb jock. <laughs> so this kind of showed more of his talent. Um, so, I, yeah, okay. I'm not that familiar, familiar with Greta Lee's work to be able to say, like, what has she done before that would make this a breakthrough for her? I think she was in a Russian Doll with uh, Natasha Lyonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was in that show. I, I believe. Yeah, she was in Russian Doll. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, you know. Yeah. I, OK. So for her and Charles, something that kind of like 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 like. OK, so for her, I would say in this role, this kind of like puts her at the forefront of the conversation of like, you know, great actors working today. Just like Charles's role in May, December puts him in the conversation of uh, great up and coming actors working today for, for Greta and Charles. Um, now, for Dominic, this is the first time I've ever seen Dominic, mm-hmm. the first time I've ever seen Milo. So for them, that's what I think. That's what I think of as breakthrough when I'm like, oh, OK. I never saw y'all before. I've seen Charles and Greta. So that that's where I was coming from with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I think we have, we actually have a little bit of time. We can talk about this makeup real quick and then we'll close. So our group every year does a Lifetime mm. Achievement Award and each year it's a different category that is decided by the leadership board and this year we decided for makeup artists so Mm. our nominees are greg canham rick baker stan winston tom savini and vanille and i gave you guys a list of some of their work so did you have any favorites looking at this list who do you think's the most deserving Jeez. Um, I, you know, when I actually looked up some of these names and I saw the work, not just the movies, but like the actual work, uh, I got to say the one that really like kind of like stayed with me the most was kind of like Tom Savini. I mean, his his work on these horror films here is like is like amazing. They're all amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think Tom Savini kind of left the most impression on me at first glance. Obviously, I'll do my due diligence and really like dig deep into the crates of who we, we should I should choose here, but I got to say Tom Savini, runner-up Stan Winston. Mm -hmm. Harrison? This is a pretty stacked list. It's really hard to kind of nail one down, but I don't know um, if any if either of you have seen an American werewolf in London, but for his Long day, yeah, for his day, that was like really great uh, costuming and makeup, especially during the scene where, you know, he's turning into the werewolf. So yeah. Um, also King Kong, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the Exorcist. Rick Baker's a great choice, but in terms of like who I think is probably the, the lead, I'm gonna go Greg Canham, Hook, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Mrs. Doubtfire. 
Mask, Benjamin Button. Those are all great films. So yeah, go with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably who will get who will get picked is probably going to be Tom Savini. Um, you already mentioned him, Anthony, mm. but he did Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Creep Show, and the remake of Night of the Living Dead. So his work is just so honored. I do like that at least we have one female nominee on here, Vanille, who did Beetlejuice, Edward, Mrs. Doubtfire. That's actually was a collaboration between Greg Canham and Vanille and one other makeup artist, uh, Batman Returns, parts of the Caribbean movies. So there, like you said, there are a lot of great names on this list and makeup isn't something I always think about too much except for when it's when I'm forced to look at it so I think this is an an interesting category and I look forward to um seeing what actually wins um I do agree to like Stan Winston what's cool about him is like some of the movies he's in are some of my favorite movies you know Aliens the Thing and AI Artificial Intelligence that ugly baby um so Mm -hmm. it'll be it'll be fun to kind of see how this all plays out so um before we sign off i would like for both of you to let the listeners know where they can follow you and also mention one movie that you would like to promote that you want people to go see whether or not it made this list maybe a favorite that didn't make any nominations or something you just have seen recently that you really liked or even if you just want to say how great you something you think something is that we've already mentioned a million times you can pick anything you like so uh anthony let's start with you Oh man, I was trying to think of the movie I was going to oh. choose, but I think I think I know what it's going to be. Um, yeah, uh, so my name's uh, Anthony Black Cinephile. You can find me on Twitter at Black Cinephile. Uh, just take out the C in Black, and it's just Black Cinephile all together. Uh, you can find me on Letterblock, same way, Black Cinephile. Take out the C in Black. Uh, podcast is Double Feature Versus with my co-host Brad Wozner, uh, Scott Pilgrim's number one fan. I like to call him. Um, our our podcast is uh you know on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, now a film I implore a lot of people to see is um a film called Monster. Now depending on where your local market is, right? Obviously we're in NC, but um uh it's a film that's uh you know coming out soon. Uh, it's directed by Koreda uh, Hiro Hirokazu, who also made Shoplifters, uh, a Palm Dior winner. But yeah, I just I, I strongly encourage people to see this film. Uh, it's a terrific drama. Um, it's kind of like a puzzle box drama that involves, you know, two kids, uh, a parent, a teacher and, you know, kind of like a, a scandal of like, you know, who did what and all that kind of reminded me a little bit of like uh, uh, Close, a, mm-hmm. another film I saw recently, but strongly, strongly recommend uh, Monster, a terrific film. Okay, Harrison. So should I say past lives again? <laughs> should I just say <laughs> if you want to go find past lives for me? So I can't remember if it were you, if it was you, Lindsay, but pretty much everybody online is saying check out past lives. I made it down to the local indie theater and I watched it. It was only me and like one other lady in that small theater, and I was just like, wow, this is a beautiful story. So yeah, please, if you have the time, rent, buy, find somebody who has it, and just go watch past lives and enjoy that wonderful story of two people who just for whatever reason are not together and it's it's a great story a lot of it is in um what is it korean yes or in korean uh, i think so, so yeah if you don't mind reading a few subtitles 
there's some English in there as well. But yes, go home, watch it, and I think that you will you will just fall in love with such a beautiful story. And uh, a note about that movie: look up the director, and I'm pretty sure that movie is based off the director's life because it, it is everything that she went through apparently, and she just put it on film. So yeah, she should have gotten that Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you, Harrison? Uh, you can find me on the social medias. You can find me on Twitter at Movie Guru. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Reddit. Uh, if you want to follow the website, it's at FlixFrog, F-L-I-X-F-R-O-G, on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, on the Reddits, on the LinkedIn's, all those places. And um, what's that uh, the thing that you do podcasts on? The, the music thing. I'm on that music thing, too. SoundCloud. Mm. I'm on SoundCloud. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? X? I should call it X, not Twitter. <laughs> we, we don't want to do that. We don't want to call it X. Let's not give let's not give credence to the to the weirdness. Um Anthony, what were you going to say? Were you going to say something about past lives? Well, yeah, I was going to piggyback off what Harrison said. I, I always thought it was like ridiculous that people go, "Oh, subtitles, I got to read." Read the dang subtitles. <laughs> it's a good movie, whether it's Monster or Past Lives. Read the subtitles. It's good. Mm -hmm. You could even call that a training video for for doing subtitles because it's only about 50% in Korean and 50% in, um, in English. So it's a good training, like a stair step to get you closer to watching an entire movie in sub subtitles. Um, for me, you can find me on one of my stories almost everywhere, including Blue Sky now, and on my podcast, on my website, one of my stories with the number one of my stories. The movie I want to promote is going to be Biosphere. It was one of my favorite movies mm. of the year, and I'll give you I'll give you a little fun tidbit. Mel Eslin, the director, also got nominated for Best Directorial Debut, so I'm very excited about that choice. Um, love this movie. It's such a surprise. Uh, little ensemble drama with just Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown and directed by Mel Eslin, first time director. And it's just a total surprise from start to finish. <laughs> Believe me, you are not expecting where it's going. It's a buddy comedy that just goes into wild places. Science fiction. Can't say, can't say enough good things about it. I'll be adding it to my top movies of the year list for sure. All right. Um, and yeah. I, and I, well, I second that. Biosphere is a great film, and I, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yes, I'm glad you're in the part of the choir. Part of the choir is in agreement. Um, so thank you so much, guys. This has been fun. I liked working. I liked talking with y'all. Um, yeah, I, di I didn't know how this was going to go. Uh, but I, I like the free flow of conversation we had here, and uh, I'm excited from these noms here. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing this as well. I hope that you know we can continue doing this in future years, get more people you know to be aware of North Carolina Film Critics Association, get more members, get more younger members, so that movies like Poor Things don't make it onto the list. <laughs> Harrison, uh, I just feel like that alienates a lot of moviegoers out there, but that's just me. So you know, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Some people are all about lives. some. Some people are already all, all about the uh, alienation, though. So some people, that's their brand. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, it's been, I'm so glad we got to chat about this and that it was like, it was a speed round, but we still, we still, uh, we still did well with it. So signing oh, under off. an hour. Yeah. Lindsay Dunn, one of my stories, signing off with Harrison and Anthony. And good night, everybody. Night. night. Go watch Past Lives. <laughs>